Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Rewatchability, the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see if they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Robert Larone and Jane McNabb. And this week on the podcast, we have two guests from the Sick Boy podcast, Jeremy and Taylor. Say hey. Hey, guys. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming Are on. Are we supposed podcast? to make like a big splash or like a some discord? We're doing this over Skype, so you can't see the strobe lights and fog we have going right now. <laughs> God damn it! The balloons are totally doing us. Net. Yeah, it's, uh, but thanks for the vivuzela viv- viv- sounds. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Oh I don't think God. you should have tried. <laughs> yeah, are those those things from the 2010 World Cup that yeah. pissed everyone off? I, I believe it is vivuzela. Oh, oh, thank you, thank Jeremy. You. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. You're so cultured. Yeah, you're like the guy that helps Alex Trebek out. It's nice. All right. So this week on the podcast, we rewatched Starship Troopers. But before we get into that, I just wanted to uh, throw a thank you out to our sponsors Andy Mattress and HelloFresh and uh, we wanted to thank our Patreon subscribers thank you so much for donating one two five ten dollars uh, a month uh, to keep the podcast going we really appreciate it yeah you're doing your duty as yeah. citizens as citizens yeah. Yeah. more <laughs> <laughs> people who donate money get citizenship people who don't they're probably still citizens yeah, yeah I think yeah, they're citizens in, in Canada well, I was, yeah. was going to say die by bug but yeah I don't, I don't know if you guys have tried this but we try to we, we come at our Patreon subscribers from like a shame angle and try to try to make <laughs> oh, them yeah. feel as bad as possible to make it to make them give us more I, I don't know if you guys ever tried that that's kind of the way do, that we do. Go you want to do you want to talk to our Patreon subscribers? Just do you want to shame them? For I us? mean, if if the podcast doesn't survive, it's basically the people's fault that uh, that haven't decided to give you enough money. So oh, wow, the Taylor. people that are giving you like at the low at the very low end amount, I mean, if they don't really pony up in the next month, I mean, you know, I mean, you got wow. you got to be able to place blame somewhere. And it's you're, obviously not on you guys. You're as worthless as a bug. That sounds bleak. But <laughs> wow, yeah. 
That's that sounds fair. If you guys don't pony up, there's no podcast next month. You're, you're like bad cops for our, for, for our Patreon subscribers. That's really nice. <laughs> Do you want to give us a little pitch about what your podcast is about for the people on our listeners um, that haven't heard? Yeah, it? sure. The podcast it's a podcast about what it's like to be sick. It's a comedy podcast about what it's like to be sick. So uh, the premise is each week we have a guest on our show. That guest has anything under the sun from anything with physical illness or mental illness, and we shoot the shit with them about what it's like to live with that illness and we try to kind of mine the the humor out of that situation of them living with that and also dive in we use the the comedy aspect of it as a as a way to dive into the the kind of heavy subjects that people don't want to navigate as often it basically all started because i live with cystic fibrosis and i'm dying and for some reason the three of us find that funny so so we decided yeah Yeah, that too we we decided to make a podcast about it and for some sick reason everybody else thinks it's funny too so i I don't know why it's gotten this far (laughs) i can see why she works better on your podcast (laughs) yeah yeah if our podcast goes under people don't hear about old movies anymore Uh, (laughs) oh no i didn't have to think about free willy which i told you would be a shame (laughs) that would be awful Uh, anyway, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, we really appreciate it. Now, I thought you guys might suggest like a medical thriller, like, you know, maybe something Michael Crichton would have written in the 80s or, or something. Or Bubble Boy, you know? Yeah, yeah. sure. Mm, Ooh, Bubble Boy. Bubble That's Boy. right. Smart. What a good one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is that Jake Gyllenhaal? It is. Yeah. It's oh, a very young Jake shit. Gyllenhaal. Wow, he's come so far. <laughs> he's out of the bubble. <laughs> he really has. <laughs> but you guys actually were the ones to suggest Starship Troopers. Do you want to yeah. make Maybe tell us about when you guys first saw the movie. Do you have a special association with it? Yeah, I absolutely do. So when I saw Starship Troopers on the list, I was immediately vaulted back to the moment that I first saw it. So uh, Starship Troopers came out in, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, 1997, which would yeah, have... 97, yeah. Yeah, so that would have pegged me as a nine-year-old boy. And I... Okay, let me just put this out there first. In rewatching. Uh, Starship Troopers, it made me immediately realize how cool my dad was <laughs> because, so I remember I was nine years old, my dad took me to the theater in, in Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia to go see Starship Troopers and it was the first time I had ever seen a pair of boobs on screen <laughs> Wow, Seven and I was <laughs> Several of them, yeah, all, yeah. all in a shower. <laughs> and I was absolutely mortified because I was sitting right next to my dad. Um, so uh, the whole time, I, I remember just sitting there watching, um, you know, a plethora of, of breasts on a screen with my dad right next to me, and I was just sweating bullets. But then, but then also, you know, it was this, I loved sci-fi. I've always loved sci-fi. And it was, it was also at the time, one of the most graphic films I have ever seen up to that point in my life. And so, so when I saw Starship Troopers, I was like, this is one of those moments that I will never forget. And I'm sure we'll get to it, but there's a few scenes in the movie that I have thought about time and time and time again. Even as a you know a full grown adult, it's just these scenes that have like popped up in my memory. So it was it was a 
Absolutely. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> no, but it was it was like a nostalgic blast from the past, and I really, really loved it. Great. That's great. You're uh, watching it with your dad. Reminded me, my one of my best friends saw South Park, the movie, in the theaters with his uncle. His uncle took him. Oh, and I just rewatched yeah. that like a month ago. And there's a song called Uncle Fucker in it. Uh, yeah. And he said it was the most horrific moment of his entire life. Oh, my God. Because his uncle was laughing the entire way through it. So it was pretty fun. That just reminded me of it. What about you, Taylor? The first time I saw Starship Troopers was... so. Are you guys based in Toronto? We are. So on the East Coast, I don't know if you guys have ever come East or if you've ever gone to either... If you've ever been to like Halifax or Cape Breton or, or St. John's or anywhere in Newfoundland. But I grew up, my, my mom's side of the family is from just outside of St. John's, Newfoundland. And, you know, it was a frequent thing that each summer we would drive from Halifax to Cape Breton to the tip of Cape Breton, which is about a, uh, like a seven hour drive or six, six or seven hour drive. And we'd hop on a ferry and we take the slow ferry that went from the tip of Cape Breton to St. John's and it's an overnight ferry. I don't know how long it takes. I haven't done it in over a decade, but it takes like a day and a half to get there. So this is an overnight trip and it's this massive boat and there's like a little mini movie theater. And by a mini movie theater, I mean like probably like it seemed like it was 700 seats with a massive screen, but it's probably only 20 seats with a 30 inch screen back in like 1994. I remember walking by and watching RoboCop and watching like 15 oh, yeah. minutes of RoboCop. Before my dad was like, hell no, you can't watch this <laughs> when you're years old or whatever, however, however old I was. And I always remember every time I took that ferry from then, I would always go back to being like, man, maybe they're playing RoboCop. Maybe they're playing RoboCop. And I'd always walk by the, the movie playing at night. And I remember walking by and then one year later, like one or two years, like whatever, when it came out when I was like seven or eight years old, it was playing Starship Troopers. And I went by and at that time it was like my dad was like, okay with me watching a bit of that, sh- a, a bit of that movie. And I don't even think I saw the entire thing. But my, as much as my dad would have, would have let me this time of being like seven or eight years old when it came out. So it's kind of this nostalgic movie that brings me back to this like cross Atlantic adventure to like visit family when I was really young. Did your dad only let you watch Paul Verhoeven movies? <laughs> did, he, did he also do RoboCop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's no the same, shit. Uh, ma- same writer too, I think. Yeah. Maybe you just oh had, maybe they just had a contract with the uh, Newfoundland Ferry Company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, this is our audience. Right? Only <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People who can't escape into the, <laughs> the ocean. Uh, that's great. That's a great story. Yeah, it's I've, a lovely story. I've never yeah. taken the ferry, but that is like an overnight. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to. You don't need to do it. <laughs> It's nothing. It's not. It's, yeah. not, it's it's something that if you never did it in your entire life, you'd go. I'm cool with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's great. What about you, JM? When did you first see this movie? I don't have as touching a story as either of you guys, but I did see this movie when it first came on video. I remember like thinking it just looked dumb, and I was a sci-fi <laughs> fan, but it's still like, I yeah. mean, if you certainly like the advertising for the movie didn't convey the sense of irony and satire that's such a big part of the movie. It, it looked pretty straight up dumb action movie. Yeah. And I went back and watched the trailer again and it's totally like like the trailer the voiceover in the trailer is almost the same as like the voiceover in the commercials in the movie. Yeah. yeah. But slowly, you know, you kind of heard about the graphic violence and the group shower scenes and it, so it sounded <laughs> sounded like something you had to go see. Like this is like Oz too. Like it could be it could be another movie as well. Right. <laughs> no, but there was like you know, this was the internet was in its infancy so it was kind of uh it was schoolyard 
chatter yeah. that, that kind of led me to actually want to see the movie. Go see Starship Troopers. You'll see boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was the it was the only place to see softcore porn. Yeah. When you were in grade school. <laughs> it was just Paul Verhoeven movies. And, yeah. and sometimes you had to take the ferry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and no, I really liked it. I definitely got some of the satire, but certainly I, I wasn't equipped to kind of unpack all of the sort of fascist allegory that I'm sure we'll get into. But what about you, Rob? I don't have a strong association with this movie. I saw it bits of it I'm sure on the movie channel I remember like the like the battle scenes and I do remember the group shower scene <laughs> oh yeah do do don't we all but it was <laughs> you know I remember Robocop and I guess I'd always dismiss this movie like everybody else like this was a movie that a lot of people thought was sort of stupid it's a sort of military movie about a bunch of like dumb people who are just going off getting ready to die mm-hmm. and, and um, Doogie Hauser. Yeah. yeah that's right and so I never really gave it any proper attention but there have been a lot of pieces on the internet sort of reevaluating it and it's gotten quite the critical reevaluation so I've wanted to watch it again but it does also seem kind of kind of dumb on the surface so I'm glad to have the opportunity mm-hmm. yeah. yeah what about you Blaine well as many movies on this podcast I watched this at a sleepover at my of friend's course. house yeah <laughs> this is a running theme and we we watched I didn't know that it was and I was like oh this is kind of like one of those late night sci-fi movies like there was one with like bug vehicles that they made into a TV show like Lex I think it was called oh it was yeah like, Lex yeah like I thought it was like a late that was like a night. Canadian thing yeah and that was like a sexy sci-fi yeah. like boobs are on the screen kind of thing it was like city tv as well mcdonald directed a bunch of episodes oh really yeah that's so weird but yeah so i watched this with friends and kind of thought it was like that and then the the moment where the guy throws the knife into the Busey hand we (laughs) were all like we're like oh man oh no i like we is he gary Busey's son Yeah, Yeah. yeah Yeah, you can tell Fuck from off. the crazy, crazy <laughs> smile. Hey, he's got the crazy gene. You guys, yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't ask him about language ba- on this. Ba- is, you- is language a, is, is this an explicit? Show? Oh yeah, yeah. You can, you can swear about okay. Gary Busey's son. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> I think they called him Big Tooth Busey when he was going to school. <laughs> uh, How do you know that? Yeah, so we were all very, very shocked by the violence in this movie, um, <laughs> and you know, and and we were all shy boys, so like the rest, we we're all just like silent through, you know. Know, as if it was a shiva or something like it was not so star shiva trooper right exactly <laughs> are you guys making league references right now <laughs> oh yeah yeah the, the trophy but even at the time like i didn't get when i watched robocop i didn't get like the, the satire of it yeah. and i didn't get the satire of this either but it did make me feel really weird yeah. like watching this movie i was like there's something not right about that like it feels like it's trying to indoctrinate me or it feels like it's trying to change my mind somehow and i didn't mm. i didn't like that part of it like i remember leaving the sleepover the next day and being like what was that about like what <laughs> were they trying to get at so, i gotta join the space marines <laughs> yeah <laughs> sign yeah. up mm. down, with bugs. down yeah. with fucking bugs yeah just stomp worms on the way home it was uh so rob do you want to run down the crazy movie we were yeah well i'll try to so it sort of starts out like it's sort of a recruitment video for the mobile infantry which is this uh, a bunch of guys with guns guys and girls with guns you see they sort of explain through these like newsreel bits that there is this bug planet which is sort of at war with earth and it seems like these are like unintelligent creatures but they like they shoot like asteroids that are infested with like you know other bugs and uh and uh attack 
you know, Earth. Yeah. So there's like this offensive sort of going on. And the movie starts out at this sort of high school in Buenos Aires. And uh, <laughs> good pronunciation. Though. Thanks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and there's a there's a whole bunch of people there. Casper Van Dien, Denise Richards, Neil Patrick Harris. They all go to school together like it's Hollywood High. Yeah. Very, and, very handsome, it is. beautiful American Buenos Aires. I got to say. Yeah, that uh, jaw on Casper Van Dien is <laughs> just too much. I've never actually been to Buenos series but uh but now i feel like very comfortable in going <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, won't, you won't be judged at all yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the culture this shock will be very minimal since everyone will speak english and be of the white race <laughs> because the character that casper van Dien is playing his last name is rico in the book this is based off a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is not white. He's uh, Filipino. So. Yeah. And he speaks Tagalog. Yeah. Yeah. But Which they, Casper Van Dien doesn't. I'm going to take a shot at. Yes, they whitewashed it for this one. Yeah. <laughs> that would not fly today. Well, it, yeah. It's also, I mean, we can get into like the making of it, but it was also, there was a script before they redrafted it for the book. So right. it was a script about bugs invading Earth and, or like invading this yeah. planet. And so then they're like, oh, there's already a book that's kind of like this. So let's take that because it has more of a known quantity. To it. You don't want to incur the wrath of the Heinlein state. <laughs> right, yeah. But apparently Casper Van Dien sort of had a backstory as to why he was a white guy living in Buenos Aires with the last name. It's that Hollywood is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said that he was like a descendant of the like Nazis who ran there to... That's uh, not oh, there. oh, well, <laughs> really? was pretty well there was a huge population of Nazis that went Boys to... Yeah, that's right. Wow. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I, we may talk about this, but there are some Nazi overtones yeah, in this dude, movie. So <laughs> yeah, I think we might. When have Neil Patrick that. Harris shows up in that SS jacket, I, I was, I was <laughs> like, uh, "Whoa, this is not subtle at all." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that was. This was definitely one of those movies that, like, yeah, through high school. Pe- people that were uh, were teenagers time like you, you know if you look carefully there are some subtle you know satirical elements this movie subtle yeah. and watching it now it's like oh man it's yeah. it's so straight up like the first image is triumph of the will there's a lot of things that Paul Verhoeven is great at but being subtle is like, not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well so they're all like friends and like Rico is sort of in love with Denise Richards character her name is Carbon Ibanez and there's also this and she she wants to go off to be a pilot and he's sort of like joining the Marines to sort of impress her because he doesn't have much else going on going on for him because he's just like a rich white guy. Yeah, because he doesn't want to go to Harvard. Yeah, what a, yeah, what a right. terrible life that yeah. would be. But he also has like a lot of respect for one of his teachers who is uh, Michael Ironside. Yeah, and uh, he's in mis- his own. He's missing an arm. Presumably it got eaten by an orca. <laughs> he was also the bad guy in Free Willy. <laughs> he was also the voice of Sam Shepard yeah. in Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Any video game players out there? It's a classic voice. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, nice. And playwright Sam oh, Shepard just died. Really? Two I didn't ago. know that. So. Hey, wait, the, the, this is six degrees of, of awful. Yeah. Wait, the playwright Sam Shepard was a top well, yeah, character? Yeah, they were the same guy. He was also a, a secret agent who, who could scale buildings and hide with night vision goggles and shoot you in the head. He was probably based off Sam Shepard. Yeah. Sam Shepard was badass. Right? What couldn't he do? Yeah. A spy? It's a triple threat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
It's awesome. Yeah, so they're all graduating and they decide to enlist and, you know, it's a big thing. They all get like these matching tattoos that get cut together and then they sort of like go off on their separate ways. Oh, yeah, but we there's a, a weird, weird football, football scene. scene. Oh, yeah. that's It's like indoor football, which I know there's indoor soccer, but I don't, I've, I'm not a big yeah, sports I'm a, guy. I'm, a, sports I'm, actually, I'm actually a huge, I'm a like big sports fan sports. in general, but also a, a massive football fan, so. It kind of reminded me of, a, was it X-Ball? What was the... Uh, uh, that's right. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. man, the trampoline basketball. What was the trampoline basketball called again? X ball, I think. No, wasn't it? Mm, I can't remember. It was like it was like developed Slim, by Spike Slim, or Spike Slim TV Slim or whatever. Yeah. They like they like started their own league. Yeah, huh. it was developed by leg surgeons. And then I there think were, there was also the XFL, <laughs> the like more extreme football. Yeah, that was like league. oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah right. that's right, the XFL. That's right. It was almost like wrestling and football combined. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it was like no holds barred. Like you could clothesline guys. You could like rip their fucking eyes out. There were yeah. cage like, matches. It was it's like yeah. labyrinth of the eyes getting ripped out. Well, this yeah, is called awful. jump ball, I think, in the movie. But like every sci-fi dystopia has to have its own like sport. Have you noticed that? Like Battlestar mm-hmm. Galactica. Oh, Battlestar Galactica had one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or uh, probably the, one in Star uh, Trek. What's, what's What's the dome? The uh, the 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 death thunderdome? Or, or, yeah, thunderdome. That's right. Yeah, there you go. It's like it's like because it couldn't possibly be relatable to us uh, us Please. like lowly human unless it has some some semblance of sport involved. Like we wouldn't be able to. We don't. We're, we just be lost for the rest of the movie. Going where's what? their sport? sport? <laughs> and also, none of the, these movies that are set in the future, like no one ever conceives of the fact that we might just play the same sports. Yeah, like hockey's been around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because they don't they don't bother to change the hairstyles of the '90s, but they're like, let's make up a completely different sport, but leave yeah. all of their hair the same. <laughs> Those styles come back. That's the cycle of hairstyles. That's right. That's right. This That's is right. true. Every like however many years in the future this is set. How many? When is this set? I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know. Does, it doesn't really really say. It doesn't really say. Yeah. Right now. Huh. And I which is why, like, when when it was set in Buenos Aires, I was like, oh, um, this must be this like futuristic time where there's like global peace oh really Jill it's a futuristic movie oh come on (laughs) (laughs) where there's like global peace and and you know there there is no like cultural differences between places in like Buenos Aires yeah the white people have are living everywhere now (laughs) yeah yeah, 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 we've conquered everything we got it (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly they're like oh this is more of like a Germany and Japan won yeah for sure this is the take over of the world yeah it totally is it could be yeah it's like if the the u.s just folded into like nazi germany and it's like this is kind of the world we live in well i think there was i actually like i was looking at there was like a uh anime tv adaptation of the book in the 80s uh and it's all on youtube and i watched a little bit of it because uh i'm a sad person with too much time (laughs) and they called it new buenos aires in the uh, cartoon. Uh, so I don't know if that was a component of the book. Because there were a lot of noobs there or new. Oh, okay. Well, noob. you know what it, you know what it reminds <laughs> me of? Is, I, I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys have ever read the book. It's called The Man in the High Castle. Oh yeah. And I love that it's book. The Amazon uh, based, show, right? based off of Yeah, that's right. It is a new show. And it's based off a book by um, Philip K. Dick, who did Minority Report and Total Recall, I believe. <laughs> and you know, the basic premise of the book is that he it, it's set in a world where Germany and Japan had won the war and now right. like Germany is plotting to now take over the area the land that Japan has been given control of and like you could just imagine how 
these guys down in Buenos Aires is even a hundred years in the future where they've kind of like melded the world into this global community and it's no longer like the Nazis or the or the Germans and now it's just like yeah. this world community. Yeah, I I love that reading of it. I like that like alternate. I don't know. Maybe it's not even an alternate reading that like because I know that. I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, that Heinlein wanted to like talk about in his book like w- what if because it was it was written in the forties. It was written in the fifties. Mm-hmm. In there, it was like well, all this all this war machine that's going on. Like, how good is it? Like, what if that becomes the world? And so he wanted to show that off in so, this book. I think he was for it. Yeah, and they yeah. even yeah, they exactly. even talk about that in that book. They even talk about having defense mechanisms on the moon and like all right. this crazy stuff like they've they've taken over a- the african continent is like is like a militarized defense zone yeah anyway it's yeah. crazy like things that go on that kind of connect to this if you if you want to if you want to connect it yeah we only really get like glimpses of like the reality that they're sort of like living in but there are like some some sort of like progressive things as well like they seem to have integrated males and females in the military a lot better especially in the showers Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, very much so in the showers. Ooh. Yeah, yeah well, I love how that's how they that's how they present equality. Is like, hey, we shower together now. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not like they're it's not like good. children about it like we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still wrestling. And when with that it. And, and <laughs> when Diz when when Diz that scene where you know the the drill sergeant is basically giving all these new recruits the lowdown on how he's just gonna you know run their lives and kick their ass if any of them you know mouth off or get out of line yeah. and then. Diz shows up and is like reporting for duty and then she's like I can take you on the sergeant yeah <laughs> and he just totally and he she gets a good lick in on him but then he totally kicks the shit out yeah, of yeah I can see that I mean and, put, it's, and it's right after a scene where he broke a dude's tibia maybe, yeah. or no what were the radius and ulna in the arm I don't know he's like broke yeah, like trying to get some medical stuff in there yeah I'm trying to sound smart yeah straight up the sick boys yeah straight up compound fracture the guy's laying on the ground with blood seeping out of his sir I think you broke my arm sir and that drill instructor is played by Clancy Brown the great Clancy Brown. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, I love him. So then what happens, Rob? Well, yeah. Well, so the, he signs up for the military. His girlfriend goes to, like, a different branch because she wants to, like, fly. And he's just going to be a grunt, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, we, yeah, here's where we also, like, learn, like, in the shower scene, I think it is, like, we learn a lot about, like, why people are joining the military because in this, this is, is mainly the showers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so in showers, like, wouldn't you join? <laughs> Very dirty people in and out of the showers. Yeah. Come for the boobs. Stay for the bugs. <laughs> That's a good slogan. No, but in this society, the only slogan. people who can vote are citizens. And in order to have the right of citizenship, instead of just being a civilian, you have to serve your country. And in this movie, presumably, like, the, the easiest way to do it is through military service. So, like, there's somebody who says that they're doing this so that they can go to college. And there's another person. The woman, Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Another woman. Yeah, ironically. Yeah. Another woman says that she's doing this so that she can get a license to have a baby yeah that's that's weird oh yeah that's right yeah yeah probably, so yeah. i mean it's a weird sort of like is this, we, is this a good point to bring up the fact that they made toys for this movie <laughs> <laughs> doing this to get a baby grunt <laughs> no yeah like i i don't know who the merchandising person was for this movie but they totally didn't watch this movie because there's there's no. like action figures and play sets and well, this is kind I mean, of on the on the that's sorry, the thing what? is, what I was going to say was like, I saw this movie when I was nine years old, which yeah. to me is when I was watching it today, we watched, rewatched it like a few hours ago. 
I was shocked. I was taken aback that my father got me into a movie that was clearly R-rated and that is like full oh, yeah. of very gratuitous violence. You know, my dad was a cool dad, but he wasn't that cool. I think my dad made a mistake <laughs> and then was like, well, I made a mistake. I fucked up. I'm not turning back now. Like, he's going to see what he's going to see and I'm going to have to take care of this later down the road, you know? Like, I- <laughs> An important moment in every dad's life, I feel. You know, yeah. When they know they screwed up, they're, they're like, not oh, the cool no. dad. I'm not the cool dad. <laughs> or it's probably like the studio is like, I don't know if she should put out toys for this because it's pretty crap and it's like whoa 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 cool dads (laughs) that's the market that's the market for this yeah so rico there's like all this competition to become the squad leader right because obviously like being in charges and getting promotions is an important thing in the military so rico is developed this rivalry with this other guy jake Busey. oh man i i would never want to start a rivalry with him he's way too scary looking no and if he gets his dad involved you're fucked (laughs) (laughs) fucked (laughs) you're a fuck and you're fucked i believe it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, just before we go on, we're going to take a quick break to hear a message, and then we'll get right back into this with Sick Boy here. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're here with Sick Boy. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you for having hey, us. Thank what you. are names? Uh, Jeremy and Taylor, thank you very much for joining us. They have names, Blaine. <laughs> we're not just pieces uh, of movie meat. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about movies, less about names. The original name for the show was Movie Meat. So, <laughs> Actually, do you guys know what the original name for uh, Starship Troopers was? What? Bug it was, uh, <laughs> Some of Bugs yeah, Life right. 2. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was something like Battle at Bug Outpost Nine or something like that. Yeah, I think uh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a less pithy um, name. Yeah, there's yeah. a point in the movie where they all kind of sorry, go on. Well, I was gonna say it's I was doing some reading about the film like just to kind of freshen up and we were talking about how it was based on a book. Oh, it was called Bug Hunt at Outpost Nine. But the Paul Verhoeven, he wrote he he had the idea for this film before before he even knew about the novel that was written or the, the, the serial that was written of Starship Troopers. Precisely. And yeah. someone told him about Starship Troopers, the, the serial that was written back in the 50s. And he went to read it, but it was too depressing and boring. So he didn't read the full thing. And they just licensed the... They, they bought the, the rights to the name of the actual novel to make the story semi-based off it. Which I, I found yeah. so interesting is that, you know, he was like, ah, fuck that original story. Like, I'm going to I'm going to Hollywood the hell out of this <laughs> and make it something super cool. Well, like some fans even say that it's sort of counter to Heinlein's novel and the philosophies of it, because thank God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because he's like it kind of like pro war. Yeah. He's like for the military and for the duty to your country and for dying for your country if necessary. And, you know, as part of a sacrifice, right. whereas 
Paul Verhoeven, who is a survivor of Nazi atrocities. So he was trying to give it a different spin, (laughs) you know, trying to show about like the uh, sort of mass stupidity or something of joining. For sure. And he does make like a lot of the army guys look very stupid in the uniforms, like running around yelling, shooting in the air. It's it's handing out bullets to children. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And there's that one scene with the, the school teacher in the commercials and she's laughing her ass off. The kids are stomping bugs and she's like hysterically yeah, laughing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, hysterically. Yeah. yeah. That was clapping, like, like clapping like yeah. way faster than anyone would clap. That was the scene. That was one of the yeah. scenes that I laughed out loud the, the hardest at oh, was, yeah. was when the woman's just like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so funny. I, I only imagine like Paul Verhoeven like directing that scene, and the woman being like, "I think I'm being too big," and he's like, "Do it again, bigger, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? bigger, bigger, more." I, more. I, all those TV th- scenes they intercut the movie with feel very RoboCop. Yeah, it's like yeah. the same thing yeah. as that in a good way. As, as the news anchors in RoboCop, right? yeah, this yeah. feels like kind of a companion. Film in a lot of ways. Yeah, it works mm-hmm. here as well. Which is unfortunate because a lot of the reviewers that reviewed Robocop and loved it for a satire reviewed this one and just didn't get it. But I don't know if they got Robocop as a satire right away either. Like, right. I think Robocop was just an awesome fucking movie about a Robocop <laughs> at first. And then, you know, after a few years, somebody was watching it was like, oh, wait, maybe he's not for this Robocop. <laughs> maybe he thinks this Robocop is a bad idea. <laughs> And yeah. that's, a, that's a movie that I need to rewatch because I haven't seen that since I was a small child. Oh, it's so that's fucking a, good. That's real old. That's, I think, 10 years. Robocop's 10 years older than Starship Troopers. It's like yeah, 80, it's, 87 or 88. Yeah, I think it was 87. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say 10 years away from becoming a reality. And you might be right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like, we're only just around the corner from Robocop in reality. I mean, we're right yeah, there. Yeah, we have Dogs. you know? Yeah. We're we're close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get Robo three-letter words. Well, I, yeah. did, I did read that they were... In the DVD commentary, they were saying that a lot of people thought that the movie was pro-fascism. Like, they thought they were kind of showing how fun it would be to be, like, in the Hitler youth That's the danger yeah. of satire, is that people aren't going to get it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think what the difference between this movie and something like RoboCop is, is that the it's... Cop? There's no robot cop in this movie. Yeah, that's the no, biggest it's just the big biggest flaw. Thing. Big flaw. Yeah. Spot the difference. Yeah. No, but in RoboCop, you have RoboCop's journey is kind of running counter to what the movie is satirizing. Mm-hmm. It's all about RoboCop kind of rediscovering his humanity in this absurd world. In this movie, the character's journey is still, you know, it's in line with the philosophy. It's in the, line yeah. with the philosophy of the people that were meant to criticize and reevaluate. So there's never that moment where the character's objective kind of deviates from the world that that is this absurd, yeah, yeah perhaps well harmful said, yeah. place. And you, I, mean, you mean like they're not realizing they're not realizing that what maybe the mindset that they're doing they're not having some type of like deep personal yeah. realization. Yeah, it never goes like. Man, space war is hell. <laughs> no, yeah, like, man, maybe the bugs aren't so different from us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that would work for this movie, but I just feel like in comparing the two, I feel like, I, I think why RoboCop is maybe a bit higher regarded than this movie is that you do go through an emotional attachment to RoboCop in yeah. a way that you don't. And I think they do a good job of making these characters feel 
somewhat three-dimensional, even though they're also very soap opera mm-hmm. Yeah, they're pretty arch, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just thought Casper Van Dien was pretty good in this. Oh, I thought he was good as well. I didn't want to like him. Yeah, for sure. He was pretty good. I mean, for the squareness of that jaw, I was pretty impressed. I could even Yeah, I mean, like, usually those square jaws are good for about 4 p.m., uh, after I get home from school and and not much else, <laughs> just for you know for passions, general hospital, oh, the soaps, okay, <laughs> one life to live, something like that, and then not much else. <clears throat> I actually really like Denise Richards. I thought she did like a really good job. I mean, maybe I just know her from stupid things, but she was like really grounded in her character, and like there's all that like joke about you know when she was in that Bond movie how she could never play a rocket scientist, but she plays like a really competent spaceship pilot. I she, she was pl- proud of her. She plays a crazy. Space like her eyes, her crazy eyes. Oh, does she have crazy eyes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I was actually, I remember as a nine year old boy, quite let down that her boobs weren't on the silver screen as I opposed know. to Ginger Spice, that. who also had her boobs up. <laughs> I'm sure there's uh, plenty of other places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Denise Richards is pretty notorious for showing her breasts in film. And you know what? I should go back and check out that catalog because I don't. I, I can't remember. She's she's kind of an afterthought now. What's what's Denise Richards up to these days? Wasn't she married to Charlie Sheen? No. Yeah, yeah, I think she, yeah, I think she was. That. Wow, she, yeah. she's the one who yeah. got him into Tiger Blood. <laughs> oh, is that is Charlie? <laughs> is Charlie Sheen into Tiger Blood? Yeah, dude, you didn't know that. No. What gives him his powers. <laughs> I do have to say, yeah, though, that was her own personal war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have to say, though, I like you know as much as I appreciated. So, so you know, going back to when I was nine years old, I appreciated the breasts in that shower scene so so much. And then coming back to this movie as a 29-year-old, so 20 years later, what I really appreciated was the strategic was the, the strategic camera work of just missing the penis in every shot. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going, wow, that took some calculated movements. Especially <laughs> since every guy was clearly fully naked. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fully nude. For sure. Yeah, yeah you could totally see Bush. Yeah. Just <laughs> never, yeah. never a penis. That's right. No, I don't misty. think you... I don't think... Oh, there was a... Yeah, <laughs> get the tape. Yeah, <laughs> there's no wiener I don't right? know. No, there's no wiener, but there was actually. I don't know if you guys caught this, <laughs> and, and maybe this is worth <laughs> maybe this is worth cutting. I don't know, but there was no. there was a scene. <laughs> <laughs> there was a scene where there was full on butthole. Oh yeah, that's right. We made a quick, a very quick <laughs> flash of straight on like starfish butthole viewing, and it was starfish butthole mm-hmm. troopers. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It was the moment. <laughs> that's a different. Movie. It was the moment where Rico was Casper, making yeah. the movie. And the, making the film to send, like the the video telegram to send to his girlfriend, Denise Richards, character. and it's like very frat, it's, and like it's fratty. like frat boys, kind of like, hey, let's get in here, and ruin the message, and the guy pulls his butt out and spreads his cheeks, and spreads his cheeks <laughs> as wide as he can, and you can full on see for a split second his butthole. <laughs> wow, yeah, they they lit what, it that way. You what, have to light it that way. What I like to be dad, dad, you're okay with this dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was looking at your dad. He looks at you. Sure. You both nod to each other and then continue to watch the film. <laughs> Starfish. All right, you're never Hunch- joining the military. <laughs> Hunchback of Notre Dame's playing in the theater next door. Dad. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, son. 
What, what I liked about that scene is that they must have done like a lot of takes because when he pulled down his pants, the one cheek that he slapped was so red already. And I was like, oh, you have to do that so many times. Don't make me slap it again, Mr. Verhoeven. I can't slap it again. I'll just spread them apart. <laughs> yeah. oh and he never God. worked again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you shut your bottle on screen, that's it. Your career's over. Yeah. yeah. His grandchildren are going to watch this movie someday. Yeah, this is like half-baked for auditions, you know? He was like, oh, I was the butthole guy. You don't remember me? I'll show you. The other weird bit of trivia from the shower scene that we didn't mention is supposedly the story goes that the actors encouraged Paul Verhoeven and his cinematographer to strip down and, no and film the scene nude. And everyone's, yeah. Which is like, make it better. Which yeah, is they surprising. They would only do it if they did. If, yeah. If Paul Verhoeven did. Which yeah. would be surprising, except Paul Verhoeven okay, is a creepy weirdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that totally is in line with what he would do. I'm already not wearing underwear. I'm not already, everybody. <laughs> wow. So they, they kill a lot of bugs. There's a lot of bug shooting scenes. Yeah, yeah, well, there's like a few really important, there's an important battle when they first go to the planet, and we basically see like most of the characters that we sort of started to get to know. I mean, we've seen their boobs in the showers. We see them murdered and massacred by the bugs. They're just not ready. And it seems like Casper Van Dien is going to bite it. And in fact, Denise Richards thinks that he's actually died. They see his name on the casualty list, but he, he was, was just, just swimming uh, in was a mistake green water. Or something. I was just so taking a bath. Yeah. 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 Like the back to tank. Like it, yeah. The, the so ooze. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. If you're in the shower and somebody knocks on the door, it's like, oh, he's dead. Oh, no. He's just in the bath. I, I always get those mixed up. Yeah. For like a totalitarian regime, they're pretty sloppy. Yeah. That's right. But so they, because there's, what happens is the uh, the bugs like send this meteor down and destroy Buenos Aires. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> With including Casper Van Dien's family, like his dad, who he's been arguing about joining the military. With in fact, he was just about to he was just about to quit when they attacked Buenos uh, Aires. And he was talking to his parents too. Yeah, and they, they yeah they died. It was, it was there was an eclipse this afternoon, and on the call the like light went out for them, and they were like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's probably just an eclipse. You just dated this episode because everyone. I was like, oh, that eclipse? That was like weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I did. We can cut it yeah. out. Trump so has been impeached. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Trump has taken over. <laughs> yeah, he blew up the moon. There'll never be another eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a photo that was, that's, been, that's going around Facebook right now of Trump looking directly up at the eclipse. <laughs> yeah, we just saw no glasses. We were literally laughing at that. Well, I'm not trying to laugh at it so you would hear us. Oh, God, what yeah. turkey. Yeah. So then they, they go back to the battle. There's another battle. They get all prepped up. There's a whole bunch of new recruits, new grunts, like that Seth Gillum guy from uh, Walking Dead and I think The Wire. I, the Wire, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah uh, the Wire, that's right. Yeah, I guess he's much better in The Wire. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely reference The Wire. No. <laughs> Sorry, <my bad. laughs> well, but in Walking well, the, Dead, the third Starship Troopers, where they like get into the public education system, <laughs> that's where it really takes <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is like the big decisive battle because they've figured out that the bugs—they're not just brainless. There's one of them that has a brain, and so their mission is to take down this bug so that it can't calculate and destroy Earth. So they do all that. Michael Ironside is back from his teaching gig and he's like leading the force. He's got a new metal hand and he's ready to kick ass and uh, living up to his name. He literally has an iron side. (laughs) Very well done. I, I also do like the idea that Paul Verhoeven works with the same actors a lot, like Michael Ironside yeah, and, yeah. and Dean Norris were yeah, both in Total Recall. Right. Yeah. Um, probably some other people. Yeah, Dean Norris, we didn't mention, is, is one of the army guys that yep. chews out 
Casper Van Dien. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, Casper Van Dien took a guy's helmet off in the middle of a live fire. Ex- like, I yeah. don't know. He should have been out of there. You know what? That scene, actually, so earlier I kind of alluded to that there are scenes that stuck with me throughout my entire life, and that was one of them. I remember watching that when I first saw it, and and it was the first time that I ever kind of, like, conceptualized what what friendly fire was and that that was, mm. like, a, a part of war. And, yeah. um, and I think, like, all jokes aside, I think it actually played a role in, like, having an effect on how I felt about war. You know, I, I, I just recently watched Dunkirk. And, yeah, me too. And I, I, it's one of the, it's, it's one of the, one of my favorite movies I think I've ever watched because it was so effective, yet it wasn't effective using the tropes that usually are effective, which is like gratuitous violence or, or whatever for like a war movie. Yeah. Um, you know, there was like zero character development really. And uh, yet there were, I, I still felt so deeply for these characters. And so, you know, I'll go on forever remembering Dunkirk, uh, the way that it made me feel like almost sick to my stomach about all these guys stuck on this beach. It was the same thing for Starship Troopers. That scene of, of the guy just accidentally getting his head blown off by yeah. by somebody you know on his own team. I just remember th- I, that scene struck me so hard as a as a child to think that there's you know yes war is this one bad thing but there's also horrible accidents that happen in war and I remember like when that was coming up Taylor and I were watching and I was like oh my god yes this like I've thought about this in in random times in my life that have like there's no reason for me to think about it that scene just like pops up in my mind you know it's like it's seared into my brain yeah I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking that also watching the movie that was just like Dunkirk in space (laughs) (laughs) just like seeing like all the casualties they were just like getting mowed down without any sort of ceremony or anything like that Just like all of the guy's friends at the beginning of Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah. Also, Paul Verhoeven, his violence doesn't like really it never turns away. So when the the head explodes, the head is just he sits there in the body for a second before falling over, and it's so grotesque to watch. Yeah. It's so graphic. It's so graphic. And even like the the sort of like government sanctioned um, film of the battlegrounds and showing like. Uh, you know, outpost number seven was t- overtaken by the bugs once again, and then they show just bodies laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like those shots of bodies are are yeah, like eerily realistic. You know what I mean? Like, like no arms, the facial no legs. expressions yeah. of a dead human. It's it was really really kind of creepy. The other thing I love about that moment is in the newsreel footage where they show all the dead bodies is just before that they show a cow being killed and they put like a big censored bar across it like you can't <laughs> yeah, see a yeah. cow but then it just shows like a genocide yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but we also, can't show the cow being killed yeah <laughs> yeah but they put the we're censor- not animals <laughs> <laughs> they put a censor bar across the cow but like blood splatters everywhere too yeah. like it's yeah. like you can't yeah. that's yeah. even his like thing is like you can't not show the graphic nature yeah. of things because it's it's graphic in its nature so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i think the thing with johnny rico's story in in the fact that like yeah he he kind of doesn't even want to join the military he joins because of his girlfriend yeah, he says that literally yeah and then he uh is involved in this death and then he quits and then his parents are killed and he reenlists and it, it does kind of show 
you know, like I think the point of the movie is how people can get swept up in fascism. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. I think it does a good job of showing how nuanced that could be. For sure. Yeah, well, especially when the news anchor guy, he's talking about, like, we don't even, some people have called for peace. And then and then Johnny, like, gets into the camera and is like, I'm going to kill those motherfuckers kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. they killed my family. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it shows you how slippery a slope that is. Yeah, sure. and, like, I, I think... I'm concerned this is going to happen in America, like, next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if, like, yeah. I don't think that Trump has the support of the military or anything. <laughs> but if, Thankfully. like, if there was a war, and yeah. I hope there isn't, yeah. uh, with some kind of alien bug creature, you know, he would be the one in charge of that. <laughs> oh, my God. But, isn't Bill Pullman available? <laughs> but, like, even that, even that, you know, that uh, in the in the age of, like, you know, to like post nine eleven, the post nine eleven era of like radicalizing young men to be like jihadists yeah. and stuff, and it's like you know you have you have like militaries on the other side of the planet that are you know dropping bombs and you know not necessarily indiscriminately, but not not indiscriminately killing people <laughs> and innocent people, of course. And then you, you know you see that Johnny Rico, like you said, like jump into the camera, and it's like you know his his family was killed by a by an asteroid that was sent in by the by the bugs and and sent to Buenos Aires and blows up his family in the place that he lives. So and all of his justification is in that one thing. Like let kill them all. Like I'm ready to go. Yeah. That this happened this happened here and then all yeah. else is justified now. And it could have been a false flag. He might not even have Paris. They yeah. could be actors. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well they I mean they are actors. Uh, Alex Jones over here. Uh, Don't you, throw coffee on me. The frogs. It's the frogs. <laughs> the other thing about that <laughs> the gay frogs. Yeah. The moment with the news reporter, like right when they're about to go into war, where he's saying like, yeah, they're all our boys are like going out to kill these bugs. He's like, some people think it's because we like encroached on their territory. Or oh, something. yeah. He, he and then like, we should just leave. He gives like a very even reading of the whole situation. It's like, yeah, that's probably what. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Is this the only smart guy on this planet? What's happening? But that's, that's like the only backstory we get where it's like, yeah, yeah. maybe. maybe and it's is, that right? is that like yeah, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like totally gorged through the back by one of the bugs. Is that the scene? Yeah. It's, but it's in the scene before that. Yeah. 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 And we kind of catch up to the beginning of the movie, like pretty early in the movie, too, yeah. when, he, when the news reporter gets gored right, and right. Johnny is considered dead. But then they he, they all go back into this war to fight the bugs. They yeah. land on the planet again. To get again. the brain one. Yeah, to get the brain bug. Yeah. And Denise Richards and her new boyfriend get sort of trapped down there and he gets his brain sucked out. <laughs> Yeah, that was a. It was really good prosthetics. Yeah, for him like getting his part. brain, his like his cheeks cave in. Oh, it was so gross. Yeah, and then eventually they they capture the brain bug, but Johnny Rico doesn't get the credit for it. Clancy Brown gets it, and Fucking then Clancy Brown. We see, and then we get a visit from Neil Patrick Harris, who's like dressed in this like long black cape. I mean, apparently on the set they called him. Goebbels? Goebbels? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Joseph Goebbels. Jake Doogie Himmler? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Doogie Himmler. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I did not read that. That is my guess. <laughs> that's an amazing guess. Really? That's the one. <laughs> right, wait, no, are you serious? Wait, I, I'm what? absolutely serious. Oh my I believe so. <laughs> Yeah, that is hilarious. Oh my god! I mean, it's so clearly crazy. I could have been like a PA on Starship Troopers. <laughs> you could have written it. 
<laughs> I mean, in that scene, well, there's that scene when they first get to like the military base when Neil Patrick Harris and Casper Van Dien and Denise Richards get there and they're like giving their papers to that front desk administration guy. And then Neil Patrick Harris sends in. He said, "What? What? I don't know, forget what the division he's in. Like games and games and something. Yeah, games and theory. And they're like, and the, and the guy goes, "Oh, next time I see you, I'll be I'll be saluting you or something like that." And then he comes back and he's in this like SS. He's like immediately within the year. He's at like the head of the military, like the Secret Service. And is he? Is he? Is he a? He's a psychic. Like is there? Is it? And is there a parallel there between like the crazy Nazi like science experiments that have said I to have happened so. with yeah. like mind control yeah. and uh, yeah, possibly and, and, and all that all that kind of weird uh, weird science stuff that they were up to. Yeah, because they do it. Science. You're right. They had that sci- they had that psychic commercial. Yeah, it's kind of like like uh, in Looper, where everyone, like the t- telekinetics TKs mm. can like do some stuff in the background, but yeah. then that figures in more to the to the plot. Here, he's just kind of a psychic, and then in the end, they're like, "What's the bug thinking?" And he's like, "I don't know. He's surrounded by people with weapons. I think he's afraid." What well, the beginning? Patrick <laughs> Harris <laughs> have a moment where they like test their psychic powers. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Casper right. Van Dien is not psychic. Not psychic, Casper no. Van Dien. Or else he'd know not to sign up for the mobile infantry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would have had the to, to join a different place. Yeah. Uh, and we should mention they made a bunch of sequels to this movie. One like just came out this week, I think. Yeah, and it has a bunch of the original cast voices. Yeah, and yeah, I think Casper uh, Van Dien Cas- was in the third one. Huh. Uh, and, and Casper Van Dien is one of the voices in the new one that just came out. Yeah, and I think the I think the screenwriter wrote all of them too. Yeah, yeah, like the same, like, like the original guy. Well, the, yeah, yeah. the one that just came out, it is a animated film. Looks like a video game, like sort of sequel. Yeah, it looks like video game cutscenes. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think it's probably kind of like RoboCop, where the first one had that satirical bent, and the others were like fun <laughs> adventures with RoboCop. I think, from what I understand, like they're they're a bit more just kind of yeah. I was uh, looking actiony. I was looking up. Um, I looked up the budget for uh, Starship Troopers, the the original, and it was a hundred and. Two million dollars, which for 1997, that's wow. a massive budget. That's huge. Um, yeah. You guys want to take a stab at what the sequel's budget was? Thirty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm going to say like uh, twenty-eight million. Uh, down, down ninety-five percent to seven million dollars. <laughs> wow! Wow! Was it was Starship Troopers two like an indie dramedy, <laughs> like a coming of age story? Made it on like a suburb street. <laughs> like yeah, cardboard, it all takes place in New set. York overnight. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Rico, have you heard the strokes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that's crazy! Like I, I, I knew it was like a straight to video thing, but that is quite the come down. Yeah, well, I, I was surprised that the animation looked so good. The CG looked great in this. I thought, yeah, oh, I think yeah. It was the guy that did Jurassic Park. I did totally yeah, agree. Special effects. I was really I, blown I was, away by it. Yeah, I was going into this thinking like, oh yeah, I haven't seen that movie in years. Like the the CGI is going to be laughable. And within the first three minutes of the movie, when they're showing sort of scenes from the battlegrounds, I remember just thinking, wait. Did, are we watching like a a remastered version where they redid the CGI? Because I was I was actually like taken aback at how good it actually was. 
Yeah. yeah. Especially like when the, the starship breaks apart and you can see all the little like corridors and they're all on fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that's so deep. Or when they or yeah. when they were having that that battle where they went to go meet up their crew at that base. And that's when they first realized that Buddy had his brain sucked out. And then they went out and there were like hundreds of thousands of bugs coming towards the base. That amount of computer generated graphics like that. That would take up a lot of a lot of space. Like that was that that definitely took some effort there. Oh yeah, it's huge. Yeah, and, and normally in like crowd scenes and CGI, <coughs> if you look close at them, you can kind of see where they they did like twenty people in that crowd, and they kind of copy and pasted them mm-hmm. and flipped them around, put them somewhere else. But this, it seemed like they were all so mm-hmm. individual. They were moving differently. They were swarming. It looked, yeah, it looked yeah. really great. They really blew up a spaceship full of people. Yeah, <laughs> while they had a hundred and seven million dollars, yeah. <laughs> and a thirst for it's like blood. no cows were actually harmed in this, but like thousands yeah. of cockroaches. Were <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, and did you guys recognize the uh, like the biology teacher at the beginning? the movie when they're dissecting the bugs oh i well okay well, oh, hold on was very, it julianne moore what no no okay because i i thought it was julianne moore i was like is that julianne moore but no line no it was no, it really like who was it this room mcclanahan from the golden girls <laughs> oh okay from, wow. so who, i was, I was way off girls? the sassy one Rose? yeah she played yeah. she played no julianne not Rose, moore uh, the, the sassy girls. one the promiscuous one. What was her name? <laughs> is that the is that a code for promiscuous? Rose sassy? was like the nerdy one. Oh, uh, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah, what was her name? Blanche. I, I didn't watch I don't know. Blanche was yeah, that I, it? I, I just didn't watch that. I just didn't watch that many that many episodes of Golden Girls. Out of my demographic. Okay, we're gonna pause the show. We're <laughs> all gonna watch some Golden Girls. <laughs> I also saw that the guy who played Leo in Twin Peaks has a small cameo as oh, Medic. Great. <laughs> who they're often calling for medic oh yeah <laughs> um, but he was under the spell of uh, Wyndham Earl yeah <laughs> so we've talked a lot about Starship Troopers here and so we're gonna we're gonna go around we're gonna talk about if we think this is rewatchable you get kind of like your last digs in uh, digs yeah or or you know lauds if you if you digs and lods digs and lods that's what I'm the new vernacular I'm trying out on <laughs> rewatchability here it's gonna be huge it's not yeah. gonna stick <laughs> so what about you Rob let's start with you yeah well I was uh, I think impressed by this movie I didn't have huge expectations going into it again you know I do see the satire in there and I think it's like relevant and you know becomes relevant anytime that you know there's some reason for young people to be put towards military <laughs> conflict for somebody else's benefit so it's a good movie and it's also like the sci-fi thing makes it like I mean hypothetically it makes it an easy inroad for that message but I guess since nobody saw this movie and appreciated it maybe it doesn't work but I think everything's really all there and like some of the stuff like those commercials they reminded me of Robo Cop in like a good way because I just want to watch a RoboCop every now and then. They don't make movies like RoboCop all the time, so uh, this was like a nice sort of like yeah, it's almost like a RoboCop. So I think it's definitely rewatchable. Okay, great. And you jam? Yeah, you know I really enjoyed it. I I will say I think the second half drags a little. I loved everything about the the kind of beginning and the the training and the world building and the satire of it all. But I I mean it's over two hours, and there's uh, there's a lot of scenes of uh, of people machine gunning bugs and group showering. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was just one. We just watched it several times. Uh, I mean, overall, I think this is a really solid 
anti-war movie. And I think that the sort of cult resurgence of appreciation for it is absolutely well-deserved. I'm so glad that people are talking about it in its 20th, 20th anniversary year. There have been, you know, like a lot of screenings and, and things like that. And obviously the sequel that uh, may or may not be so good, I don't know. But yeah, no, I think it absolutely deserves a place in this kind of pantheon of, of weird cult movies. I, I'm really glad I rewatched it. Blaine? Great. Yeah, I, I thought that it's much better than I think... I mean, it deserves to be good, but I think when I first started watching it when I was a kid, it was way better than I thought it was when I was a kid. And I think as as I'm getting older and learning more about the world, this is seeming to have more of an impact. Like This movie kind of had an impact on me when I watched it again. And I think the violence is in there to, to kind of shock us into realizing that this is a satire. And I think that's what it, it's there for, but... I think we're just too used to seeing violence for it to work. And I think that was kind of maybe the drawback to that part of the movie. You know, everything, everything that's, you know, that we've kind of joked about is absolutely essential. The violence is essential yeah. for the message. The, even the shower scene is essential because it makes these characters very vulnerable. Yeah, well, yeah, they're naked. Yeah, yeah. they're human. For sure. Well, we'll give the last word to our guest. What, what did you think, Jeremy, rewatching it? I agree with you, Blaine, in that I was kind of shocked in going back and watching it and surprised at how how it was it was a lot better as a as you know a full grown adult to go back and watch that movie. You know, I was expecting to go into this to to be watching something that was kind of hokey and like you know just really in it for the the gimmick or the nostalgia of it but it was actually really profound and like you said like i forgot how gratuitous the violence was and how effective that violence was in sending home a message and also like i think it's it goes without saying that i think a movie that can give me a full-on boner as a nine-year-old and still give me a boner as a 29 year old it really goes a long way so i think that uh, i would i would i'm super glad i got to rewatch this you're talking about a violence Dude. boner right <laughs> oh yeah a hundred percent i've got a weird fetish where i can only get hard if like someone's dropping a grenade in a gaping hole in a giant bug yeah, <laughs> yeah. that sounds kind of hot it's very it's very erotic very erotic <laughs> what about you taylor i thought that it was uh highly rewatchable i think that any movie that can serve a dual purpose of just being a you know if you if you if you choose not to or if you don't have the capacity to realize the underlying themes that are happening in that movie it really is just kind of a kick-ass sci-fi action film that you could just shut your brain off and have fun watching things explode and bugs die and on the flip side of things if you have the capacity or if you'd like to find some deeper messaging in it then it's that that's there for you as well and you can you know there's some there's some cool themes that say a lot about the society that's happening in our current current day and our and the past that we've uh, that we've lived so uh, i think that it serves that dual purpose gives it a uh, a high factor of rewatchability great great um and before we end i just want to is there a is there a certain podcast that you recommend people listen to of yours uh, that you want to plug here on the show Oh man, there's a whole bunch. Well, I mean the the very first one. Even though I when I look back and listen to that, I I, I laugh at how amateur and and silly that podcast was. It does a a really good job of sort of setting the tone for where we came from and and what what it is that we're trying to convey. But uh, we recently actually just had our 100th episode. Oh, congrats! Um, and 
Yeah, thank you very much. And we we sat down and talked to um, this uh, very engaging and powerful and wise individual, David McGinley. And he basically spoke to his experience in living with cancer, a really rare form of cancer that he actually died from and was revived, brought back to life and talks about a near-death experience. But on top of that, his job every day, nine to five, is as a chaplain in the hospitals working in palliative care. So he he basically sees people die every day for his job. And uh, it was a pretty refreshing episode considering the fact that we are three of us there's brian who hasn't been here with us today but uh, the three of us tend to fall into a pretty juvenile uh sort of style of humor and then we sit down with some guy who's who's like eh, basically he's jesus christ <laughs> i mean there's no other way to say it but yeah it's it's a fantastic episode so highly suggest checking that out we're on the web sick boy yeah sickboypodcast.com uh, at sickboypodcast on instagram and twitter and you can find us on apple podcasts okay great, great. thanks so much and thanks for joining us on the show. It was really, really great to have you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for having us. Okay, great. And thank you for listening at home. You can find us on Facebook at uh, Rewatchability uh, in Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've never used a computer before, have you? No, they're weird contraptions. I don't like them. At Rewatchability on Twitter. And you can go to iTunes. And if you want to rate us on iTunes, that really helps us find other audiences and, and, and helps people find the podcast. And you can leave a review there as well. Review the review viewers and and if you want to give you totally can and it's at patreon.com slash rewatchability you should we'll shame you into it (laughs) i I, uh, actually i didn't say this but i am i am dying and the less that you give to rewatchability the more i get closer to death so (laughs) wow let's just leave that out there Uh, that's on your hands (laughs) listeners it's on your hands (laughs) (laughs) shame carrot as much as you can that's the hardest sell we've ever had on rewatchability oh my god (laughs) thank you for coming on the podcast and thank you at home for listening Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.